From antique to modern to military, the Edmonton Capital Region Gun Show has it all. View, buy, sell, or trade rifles, shotguns, pistols, and more. Saturday, 10 to 5, and Sunday, 9.30 to 3, at the Pavilion at Heritage Park in Stony Plain. From high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell. Today's show, the Oilers winning overtime. I said they'd get to overtime, didn't think they'd win, but they did. A huge victory. And the late surge is saving the team from the gales of November. Remember what we talked about yesterday? I said they needed three things, but they could win the Stanley Cup. They need a goaltender, Dan Villar. They need a defenseman, Chris Tanev. And they need a two-way forward for the third line, Ivan Barbashev. Now, they don't have to be called Vladar Tanev, Barbashev. They could have different names. And you can solve problems in season. An example, James Hamblin, who is looking like he's centering the third line, even though it's the fourth line. And the coaching staff is responding because that line is doing good work. On the other hand, Ryan McLeod. Today we're going to talk about Ryan McLeod as a player who's in a bit of a hot seat. This is a team looking to win a Stanley Cup, and I know he's young, and I know he's not terribly expensive at $2.1 million. However, Ryan McLeod has to turn it around. I suspect he will. However... If he is not going to be able to do that this year, and the Oilers are trying to win a Stanley Cup, and let's face it, everything is in the basket, he has to justify his roster spot. Right now, not happening. I'm not saying offload him, but at the deadline, if you're looking at trading Broberg, and you're looking at trading Holloway, and you're looking at trading all the pieces that are not giving their salary plus-plus, maybe that's a guy you look at. Ryan McLeod has to get it going. He's not scoring at all. His five-on-five goal share now really stands out because everybody else is picking it up. I suspect he will. The Edmonton Oilers could do them a huge, themselves a huge favor. They could find a third-line winger to go with Fogel and McLeod. Uh, Derek Ryan's doing a great job, but it's not working for them right now. I don't think Adam Ernie's the answer. We'll talk about that and more today. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us, 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter, at Low Tide and at Connor Halley. Our guests are Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. And you're damn straight. I'm going to ask him about Ryan McLeod. Luke Fox from Sportsnet. We're going to review the first 20 games of the year. Really the first, like, kind of two months. It's been very slow for the Oilers. But the first quarter of the year has gone by. What are people looking at? Uh, you know what I'm looking at? It's kind of weird, but one of the things that I want to discuss today, what is a one three in a row? Boston lost three in a row. What's up? What's up? What's what? It's, it's topsy-turvy. You know, the NHL is an exciting league, and it can turn on a dime, and you have to remember things. One of the things when I see online about the orders being terrible and, oh, my God, and blah, 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 and they certainly were. They looked dead in the water. They really did not long ago. But you have to remember that they were two second periods away from winning that Vegas series. Didn't happen, so they got to take their lumps. But I really do think that at this point, the Edmonton Oilers should be getting a a backup goaltender, a second-pairing right defenseman, and somebody for that third line to help out Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogel. It's time. It's go time. And if they can start, and it doesn't have to be the names I've mentioned. It doesn't have to be Vladar, Tanev, and Barbashev. It can be less expensive guys. James Hamblin is less expensive. Olivier Rodrigue is less expensive. 
Philip Broberg is less expensive. Find those guys. They have to start doing it now. McDavid is as hot as a firecracker. Wow. As a, as a young person, I remember Phil Esposito seemingly scoring five points a night in 70-71. He played in 78 games, had 76 goals, 76 assists. Every night he had a bunch of points. And I looked through it this morning. McDavid has 12 points in the last three games. Esposito never did that in 70-71. It's amazing what he's doing. I wrote out The Athletic today about Darnell Nurse, and he's had a good year. He's had a great career. In Edmonton, a lot of people don't believe that, but he has. But this this time during the Chris Knobloch era with Paul Coffey and Mark Stewart is really, I mean, it's been outstanding. He really is turning a corner. And for a guy who's already a top-pairing defenseman in the National Hockey League, that's a big damn deal. We'll talk to McCurdy about that as well. Luke Fox joining us from Sportsnet on today's show, too. Skinner is fine. I know people are mad about you know him. He won the game. The, the third period goals weren't great, but, the, you know, there was a lot that went into that that caused them, and you can't always blame the goaltender. He won the game. I like him as a goaltender. They need to get him a little bit of uh, support. Can the autos catch eighth place? Yes, they can. It's not far now. I was looking at the standings this morning and doing some ciphering. It is not my strength, but I did it. And Nashville has 22 points on 11 wins after 21 games. The Oilers have 21 games played and 17 points. So they're five points back. That's that's not that tough. Nashville's won six in a row. Anaheim's lost seven in a row. It is wild times in the West. And and I you know I got to tell you that that if you're saying to me, hey, could they get third place? L.A. has got a twelve point lead on the Oilers with two games in hand. I don't know. Let's visit it mid January. But the way they're playing right now. I don't know what's not. They won't catch Vegas. Put it that way. Are we are we through the Patrick Kane shock now that he went to Detroit? Is everybody happy with that or sad with that or at least settled yeah, in their mind about it? I think it? everyone's found their emotions with that. I, I just want to circle back to something really quickly. Was it subliminal when you made the announcement at the beginning of, of this show on Twitter with at Low Tide and at Connor Halley? Was that like, wow, I, I, I wish Connor was here? No. You know what happened was I changed my script. When he worked that day, and I forgot to put my friend Declan Kruger in. Oh, that's okay. I was just well, wondering. I was I like, wow, he must, he must really guy. want Connor here because no. I heard it, and I was like, oh. Well, no, no, Yikes. you're my guy. I, I really oh. enjoy you um, as a human being. Well, thank you. Um, and you're, you're, um, you're not an ass. Yes. That always helps. Um, you seem to bring a lot to the show. Good. Um, I'm actually... You know, mildly irritated that people pay attention to you as closely as they do. That's a that's a good sign for you. Uh, so yeah, no, I would I would not have done that on purpose. All right, no good. I just I wanted changed to check. it now. So the the okay. way I way I work is I rarely change anything. Mm. So when I do, changing it back is also a big deal. It was eating me up a little bit, so I had to well, clear the air. I am so sorry for it. Now that I'll that's okay. My heart's full again. I'll probably do it again just because it irritated you though, because <laughs> I am you know that guy. You know, and then one day Connor's going to fill in for me, and you're going to announce it as Declan, and be like, "I I lost the whole point of the bit." Well, I mean, that's kind of the theme for the show, right? You know, hey, one guy's thinking one thing, and the other guy's th- it's not like we plan. It's not like we plan it. 
I, I got to tell you, though, the big story, I don't want to get past the big story because there's lots to talk about. I offended Declan in the first segment. There's, there's, you know, the Oilers winning again. There's the playoff race. There's Boston not doing well. There's Toronto apparently losing defensemen a day. But Connor McDavid is the story. Like, he just is the story. This is, I mean, he, he's a murdiddly erderer is what he is out there. And the, the numbers are like you're you're going back and you're erasing everything on the internet that you said about Connor McDavid right now because against Washington he had four assists, one four five against Anaheim, one two three against Vegas. So that's two goals and ten assists in three games. If you're if you're in the if if you're at the top of the NHL scoring race right now if you're like at the very top you're like okay can i can i get to christmas can i get to christmas do you think i'll be ahead of him in 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 points by christmas he's got 28 points nikita kucherov has 37 that's nine more kucherov's played one more game mcdavid of course out for a couple of games yeah i McDavid is right now in a tie for ninth with Leon and Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I don't see this going well for Kucherov, Miller, Quinn Hughes, who's having a hell of a year, Kale McCarr, hell of a year, Pasternak, Panarin. Of course, he's got Brad to fall back on, Pedersen, Braden Point. William Nylander. Does anybody, I haven't talked about it, but does anybody feel like Toronto must be upsot right now? What's the one song in the history of the world that has upsought in in the lyrics? Do you know, Declan? I don't. It seems like a very specific answer, so I'm not even going to try and guess. Jingle bells. And then he got upsot. Oh, jingle bells. It's the jingle bells. It might be in something else, too, but it's such a weird word. Yeah. I, I have to say that the Edmonton Oilers are, I have never seen them. I'm going to ask McCurdy about it because he has a better memory than I do. Much older. <laughs> he's, not, he's not that much older. But this this team was, the preseason was, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. That was followed by a period of, you know, concern. Then it was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Then it was the death rattle. Then they fired the coach, and then they won a couple, then they lost a couple, and now we're here. They could save November. I predicted they get 15 points in 14 games, and if they win against Winnipeg tomorrow night, they'll have 14 points in 14 games. Can you believe that? It's just incredible. And I've known Bruce McCurdy for a long time, and I've never known him to rip on the referees or the officials. But this might be the day. This might be the day he breaks his silence. I'm not saying it will be because he's never done it before. I have never heard him live on the radio or in print or in the times that we've had a cup of coffee or a tea. He's never been critical of referees or goaltenders, but referees specifically. We'll find out today. Corey Perry has cleared unconditional waivers. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. And his contract will be terminated. I I think the only thing that could happen now is if the P 
PA jumps in. And I don't know that they will, but I don't know that they won't. It is what it is. How long till Corey Perry signs and where does he sign? Remember I said at the beginning of the show they need three players. They need Vildar, they need Tanev, the defenseman in Calgary, and they need Barbashev. But I said they don't have to be called that. I don't think Corey Perry's that guy. I don't care about the physical side. I know that some people are like, oh, he's got to be a really physical. He just has to be a guy who can help them outscore on the third line. I think Ken Holland will consider him to be mid-career. I, I, you know, you think I'm joking, but I'm only half joking. If, if he could get, you know, Mark Howe in, he probably would. Corey Perry's 38, 38 years and 197 days old. Nine points in 16 games. And seven of those nine points were at even strength. I felt like yesterday was funny for just. I'm going to ask Lansky about this on Friday, just from the point of view of being in media, but I'm not a reporter in media. So this rumor comes out that is ghastly. And I think most of us who are not, you know, um, bullies and jerks thought, man, this is really unfair to a lot of people involved. Really, a lot of people involved here are being uh, put in a terrible position and unkind things, are, and people are laughing. It's very cruel. That's what I thought. And a lot of people agreed. And then some people wrote, you know, hey, this is disgusting. And then the Blackhawks denied that was the story, and they said it was disgusting. But that's not how it ended. That was the thrust of it. But the backspin on it from, and it's not backspin, it's a reaction from fans and from observers is, well, if you know what it is, Mr. Reporter Person, tell us. Tell us what it is. And that's an interesting tweak, and I'll tell you why. Because there may be a reason the Chicago Blackhawks aren't talking about it. There may be a reason why the NHLPA hasn't done something and stepped in. And there may be a reason why it's not being reported. And I'll let you read between the lines about those things. There are things in life you don't report. And if you you do report them, you can get into some major, major trouble. I remember when... um, I was in Regina when the Colin Thatcher trial was on, and a young reporter from the newspaper there released something that was not for public consumption, and it was out, and it got out, and that is absolutely verboten, and there was a penalty to pay. I don't know that that's the situation, but I do know that in the world of sports reporting, if you have something and you're sitting on it for whatever reason... There's two reasons for it. Number one, you can't get confirmation from somebody else, from another source. You have to have two sources to go. Number two, you don't want to burn a bridge. That's it. That's it, folks. If you have a story and you could be the lead man on the story, the guy who got the story, and you're not doing it, Those are the reasons. So either they don't have the story or the other two apply. JMO. Isn't that what you kids say, JMO?
Yeah, we do. We mix it in. So we're going to take a break, and then two shakes from a lamb's tail. We're going to have our first guest of the day. I wanted to ask you one question, though. Are you ready for the question? Luke me, Fox. Is this me or the text line? No, this is you. Okay. Luke Fox is going to join us, NHL writer for Sportsnet. We're going to review the first 20 games of the year. I looked at my Spotify. My number one artist this re- year is Lou Reed. Oh, wow. And some Velvet Underground in there. And I, it would be Neil Young, but he's not on enough. It, it, his, lots of his music isn't on there. And so um, I asked my daughter, and she said a, there's a, 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 a um, K-pop man from Korea named um, Red Velvet, and she listens to them all the time. And that's her number one band. What's okay. your number one band on Spotify this year? Well, I'll tell I'll tell you the top five if you don't mind. Sure. Well, it's only a two hour show. Yeah, I'll the make top it. Ten. I'll make it quick. Well, I think they only released the top five. They were all individual artists. What the hell was that? Sorry, I had to, something was in my throat. Why can't you just talk? Why are you like Captain? I'm working with Mel Blank. No, I got it now. I'm I'm throat's cleared. I'm good to go. Number five was Central C, a British rapper. Number four was Lil Durk, an American rapper. Number three was Gunna, an American rapper. Number two was Lil Baby, an American rapper. Number one was Dave, a British rapper. It's my top five. Yeah. They're all good. That could have been such a simple answer. I could have just told you. Instead, I made it into like a two and a half minute segment. Well, what I love is that, that, that you might as well have said it's number one is Ophelia Glottensnobble. Uh, number two is Mike Shabaga. Number three is Gert Vinson. Number four is Lillian Gudeldur. And number five is Frank Smith. I've never heard of any of these people. Are they popular? Well, yes. I would say yes. I mean, they obviously, they hit a certain demographic, I think. And, and Dave is wild. Is it angry young man demographic? I'm not that angry. No, but is Dave angry young man? No, Dave's not. He's not very angry. Is Dave here, man? What what does Dave do? Is he angry? Does he write love songs? Or is it like, if I decide that I want to spend the day with you, I will, but just hang by your phone and maybe I'll call you, baby? Because that's the lyrics I hear now. Yeah, I would say it's more in tune with that. I think that's, that's Why pretty can't ad. guys just write love songs? Is it too, are you too songs. soft to write love songs now? He writes some love songs. He's got some good ballads in there. Rap ballads. Yeah, but they're always like, ah, if I decide that I'm in the mood, I'll call you. And you better have, like, pizza. Like, that's the song. Can't you just be nice? I'll, I'll put you onto some Dave. We'll cha- we'll turn that opinion around. All right. Luke Fox on the way. He's nice. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Tide on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Is that one of your artists that you played? It's not. That's Kanye West. I looked. My artists weren't in the system. Tragedy. So all of the people that you like aren't like in our system. I think there's a couple. Is that maybe a tell? No, I think there's a couple feet. Well, they're not exactly radio friendly, but I think there's a couple features with a few of them. So on are they? Do they use profanity? They use a little bit of profanity. Wow, nothing you can't handle though. So they'd be they'd be more like podcast. Yeah, all right. They do well on there. Well, the next guest we have on this show is not that way. Straight shooter, good photo. On his Twitter machine, NHL writer for Sportsnet, Luke Fox joins us now. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to, to be on, and I promise not to use any profanity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. I, we don't usually have people you know, say that they won't, but it's good that you did. Um, are you on Spotify? Um, yeah, but 
I normally don't use it that much, but I do. I do have a, a Spotify account. Yeah. Okay. Did did they tell you who your number one artist this year was? Everybody else's is out today. No, I. Yeah, I saw that trending. I haven't. I haven't gone and looked. Okay. And I don't know how accurate it would be because I'm a bit old school. Um, I I just I download music to my computer and listen to to stuff without streaming because sometimes I find myself traveling and moving about and the connection's not always right. So um, I, I, I'm a bit of a music collector. So I, I, I stream less than the average person, I think. Okay. I, you know, I appreciate knowing that. And I, I think you and I are aligned in that particular area. The, I, I got frustrated when there was no, not enough Neil Young on Spotify. So I've gone a different direction myself. So let's talk a little bit about the first quarter of the season because it is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all, the NHL is so interesting to me because a few days ago, I would have said, well, the big story is Boston, because, and they still is. They're just screaming 14-4-3, but they've lost three in a row. And, you know, they looked invincible for a long, long time, and now they, they're not quite there, and their defensive structure is a little off. Is this just a reflection of the fact that this is a tough league, they play a lot, and nobody gets out alive? Yeah, and I think it's also a reflection of, they set a ridiculously high bar last season in the regular season. And, and that's not really sustainable. Uh, everyone goes through ebbs and flows uh, during the course of the season. And, you know, maybe it's catching up uh, with them a little bit. The fact that they, you know, came out of the gate so hot and, you know, the big theme with Boston was they lost their number one center, Patrice Bergeron, as well as their number two center, David Krejci, who both retired. Um, and they patched it up rather nicely. Um, they're going through a bit of a dip here, but th- the culture is so strong there. Uh, and like this culture of winning and everyone buying in, putting the team before the individual, that I'm not too worried that they're going to not get back on track. Now, what, what I would say, um, last night I was at the Leafs-Panthers game, and even though the Florida Panthers lost 2-1 in a shootout, Florida looks phenomenal. Um, they look fast. They look aggressive. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if Florida challenges Boston for the Atlantic Division crown. Um, of course, they barely squeaked into the, the playoffs last season and then went all the way to the Stanley Cup final, upsetting Boston on the way. And I just love the way Florida plays. Um, they're they're just so, so fast and aggressive that I think they could give Boston a bit of a, a run for their money. But I think this is just a dip, and Boston will have no trouble being a playoff team again. The the the, the hell of a run through Ontario from Florida, Kachuk. I mean, the the last time Ottawa was that upset, a convoy was there. That guy yeah. absolutely tore apart that entire team and the crowd. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic game, and it was you know a bit of a throwback game in terms of the number of penalty minutes and the the real hatred you felt between the two teams. And I, I loved it. I, I find with 32 teams in the league now, each one of them playing 82 games, there's moments where the regular season, you, you watch a lot of the games, and sometimes there are no hitters. You know, sometimes they, it feels like a bit of a slog to get through, and guys are, guys are tired, and I understand it. Like, it's a grind. It's a lot of games. So when you see a, a regular season game where there's actual emotion and it feels like playoff-like intensity – um, that the, the that particular game matters to both teams, I think it just you know stirs fan interest and and I don't mind a, a little bit of the extracurriculars and then you toss in the fact that there's the Kachuk brothers 
who, you know, are basically best friends off the ice, but for 60 minutes, they can set that aside and, and get right in each other's face. I, th- I think it's fantastic. I know that uh, we all accuse Gary of being, you know, uh, pro-American and wanting the big markets to do well, but he must be thrilled that the Rangers have the best winning percentage and L.A. is second uh, right now with 763. That lines up pretty nicely for the National Hockey League moving forward. No, it does. And I, I think I think it's a better league when the big markets are relevant. Um, you know, I, I think about Detroit as well, finally being in the playoff picture after years of, of this long, slow rebuild. And I, I think you want your flagship teams to be in the mix and matter. Um, and the Rangers are, are such a complete team. They have, you know, off- offensive dynamos like Artemi Panarin. Uh, and then they have a really mobile, intriguing young decor that mixes skill with physicality. And I'm thinking about Jacob Truba, their captain in that regard. And then they're getting fantastic goaltending performances from Igor Shosturkin, which we fully expected. And then Jonathan Quick, who has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the first quarter of the season, considering many people, myself included, probably thought maybe his career was done. And then he takes a a really cheap one-year deal to be a backup. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe he's just going to be along for the ride. But he's actually been a difference maker in New York. And the Metropolitan Division in particular is a, a bit softer this season than it normally is. And the Rangers have, have kind of easily been the top of the class. And as for LA, I, I just love the, the job Rob Blake's done building that franchise. I think he's been really smart in, in terms of building a deep team. They're not top heavy. They're not relying on just a couple superstars. And then they have this nice blend of youth and guys who have been through the battles and have rings on their fingers already in Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty. Uh, and that's a very complete team. They roll four lines. They come at you in waves. And they're the best road team in the whole NHL. Um, and I think that's because when teams try to play the matchup game against them, they're not successful because they don't they don't care what the matchup is. They just keep coming at you. And, and I, in terms of the blueprint of building a roster, I think L.A. is, has almost set the standard. They're kind of following in the blueprint of the Vegas Golden Knights who won the Stanley Cup last spring. Yeah, I agree with that. Luke Fox, our guest from Sportsnet. Um, I'm going to go west into the Oilers in a minute, but I did want to stop in Toronto because I find it an interesting story. Uh, it's It feels like it's upside down. You know, Matthews and Marner are, are, you know, they're being split up and Nylander is just fire. And then on the other side of it, you know, I was... I wonder, I pondered the idea of signing Reeves and others just because you always get a little bit sticky wick at some point in the season. And it's easy to be critical of this team in terms of their defensive issues. But they they got like three of the six, I think, opening night are hurt. That's a lot for any team. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. I don't, I don't know many teams that could you'd subtract that many regular defensive defensemen and they could still hang in there. Uh, and, and it's a big topic of conversation in the city I live in right now. The fact that Mark Giordano, who, you know, is probably playing above his head anyway, in a perfect world, he's a third-pairing guy, but he was on the second pairing and has been um, since the injury bug bit, bit this team. But he goes down with a hand injury last night, and he's not going to play uh, tomorrow against his old team, the Kraken. And it's a question mark if he's going to be a, when he's going to be available at all. And you factor in that John Klingberg, their their big off um, off season signing for the blue line at over four million bucks, uh, 
his very you know future as an NHLer is in question because he has this nagging hip injury and he's seeing a specialist and he's debating whether to go for season-ending surgery. And then thirdly is is Timothy Lilligren, who has a high ankle sprain, and he isn't coming coming back anytime soon. So Bradshaw Living, um, the first-time GM here, is under the gun. Um, you know, there's pressure on him to make a trade because right now they have guys who would slot in as their seventh, eighth, ninth defenseman who are going to suddenly be called upon to play big minutes. And this team is having a heck of a time trying to break out of its own zone. They just don't have the talent back there. Um, and this is this is the risk you run when you spend so much of your cap dollars on forwards. Um, all, all their money is kind of tied up in dynamic offensive players. And now the injuries hit and the blue line's getting exposed a little bit. So it's going to be fascinating to see how he, how he handles it and if he rushes a trade or not. Well, I'm just happy William Ladgerson's back in the league. That's the important thing uh, for me. Uh, so I, I want your, you know, I've been writing about the orders daily since 2003. And you can send your cards and letters of sympathy, but I have. And I, I've... I don't recall a team that was expected by many to go deep and maybe even win the Stanley to be so atrocious early. And it feels like they put it back together, but there was the preseason that looked great. Then there was some injury issues. Then it got bad and then it got really bad. And then they fire the coach and now the hope springs eternal. But you just wonder because this team is absolutely uh, a wonder that their, their their possible results game by game are so large. I just wonder about this club. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I think it, the Oilers have been the biggest story of the first quarter of the season. I, I you know, you think about Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and their determination and how they felt like they were so close to upsetting the Golden Knights in the playoffs. And I think there was a real sense on that that core. Had they have won that series, they probably would have won the Stanley Cup. Um, and I think they they kind of nod on that all summer, and you know people on the outside kind of saw that too, and, and they were kind of picked picked as the one of the favorites. And you know you wonder if they they were reading a bit of their own headlines. Um, certainly, goaltending absolutely it plays a major factor in here, but but team defense does too. Um, so you know they're just so good. There's so much talent, and it's not just those two guys. Like I'm a big fan of of Zach Hyman. I think when Evander Kane's on his game, he's he's excellent. Um, you know Matthias Ekholm. I thought that was a really savvy addition midway through last season, not just to bring him in as a rental, but a guy with a little bit of term left and some experience that could add to the group. So I, I really like the, their mix of skaters. Um, you know, like any team that spends big on, on a few guys, the depth tail, tails off. But if they could get some saves um, and if they can get some momentum, which seems to be happening now, I believe it's three wins in a row and Connor's on, on a run where he's had, I think, three straight games with, with minimum three points. Um, they're one of those teams that can climb up the standings. And, you know, Vegas is at the top of that division. Um, L.A. It looks like a monster as well. We talked about them. But I think there's some teams that the Oilers could slowly leapfrog here. Um, usually you count a team out that has dug themselves into this big of a hole by, you know, end of November. American Thanksgiving is, is kind of the, the focal point. But the talent is so, so rich there. 
Um, and once McDavid gets rolling, and he seems to be, I'm not willing to rule them out of clawing their way back in the playoffs. Connor Bedard, surprised, uh, good or bad, or just, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to? He's doing what he's supposed to. I, I think as advertised. Uh, I mean, the only surprise to me is how things have kind of crumbled around him in terms of Kyle Davidson, the, their young GM there specifically going out and, and bringing in veteran guys, uh, character guys to, to help him build around. And, and poor Taylor Hall, season's already over, spent a bunch of money on him. Um, it's overdue to injury. And then the Corey Perry uh, fiasco that, you know, has dominated headlines the last, whatever, 48 hours or so. He's out of the picture now. And, and basically, the, you got Nick Foligno there is, is kind of one of the only guys, you know, maybe throwing Tyler Johnson um, you know, who who had some deep runs with the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of veterans this guy can lean on. But that roster is so picked over. So I think the only surprise is is kind of how things have crumbled around him. But I, I'm not surprised that he looks phenomenal. He's putting up points. He, he, I think by all accounts, he's still the Calder favorite. It's just that team isn't ready to compete yet. And, and that's evident when you look and, and they're at the bottom of their division. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 Corey Perry thing is interesting. I'm getting a lot of people who are texting me and saying, "If reporters know it, why don't they report it?" And yeah. what, what I've tried to say is, you know, there are reasons why, you know, there are legal reasons why you might, might not report something, but there are also reasons why you would probably wait to either flesh it out, get confirmation. It's a process to report on a story like this, and even though it's sort of been, you know, the 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 fan base and the, the, the online community has chased it away. You've got to be really careful with this story. You're 100% right. And, and, like, I've heard things, too, like rumors or tips from people I trust, but nothing I would ever feel 100% sure of. Uh, yes. And so you can't, you, can't, you can't report those things. Like that, that's part of uh, what you learn in J school, right? Like mm-hmm. you need a second source. You need to be uh, firm on it, especially when – when something's you know so so touchy, such as the, the subject, and and I don't know if we're all we're ever going to get the details. I mean, that was a very cryptic press conference that that Davidson um, gave yesterday evening, um, and uh, you know I, I I left listening to it with more questions than I had answers, but I do find it interesting that he stressed that it was a workplace matter, and, and right now it's it's not a legal matter. Uh, matter at all there's it's not like charges are being laid but what what a kind of fascinating development for a guy that i think a lot of people had pegged as as you know potential future hall of famer a guy who won a heart trophy and and a cup and always seemed to be relevant come playoff time and and the sole purpose of signing him uh for four million dollars was just quite a bit um to a team that's rebuilding was to be this this character mentor like figure for, for Bedard. Like that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. And it was very telling that Davidson said, you know, uh, all our, our research on him, um, I guess w- w- didn't reveal something that we found out in season. And, uh, he, he was very emotional. The GM was in speaking about how things had, had kind of fallen apart and, and Perry drifted off. And, and I guess what I'm most curious uh, about is where this goes from here. If, Perry files a grievance because he's lost some salary in this, or if he just accepts his punishment as this is something he deserves, or if he somehow speaks up and, and we hear his side of this story. It's an amazing story, and it's brewing, and we'll find out maybe eventually. Luke Fox, thank you. 
Okay, anytime. Thanks for having me on. All right, Luke Fox from Sportsnet. That was a really good interview. He's a very bright guy. We have to have him back again. By the way, Rachel Dory will join us tomorrow. Brand new guest. She'll be a weekly guest Monday, but we can't wait till next Monday to talk to her, so we're going to talk to her tomorrow. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. I'm interrupting something on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Got into the rather intimate conversation there. It was going on. I, I felt like I should just let it go, you know. Like walking into the middle of a movie or something. I know it was almost invasive. A little when bit. you talked over it, yeah. Because well, I, I mean, he was talking from. about what you know. It's the thing and the thing, you know. It's like, was he talking to me? Well, was I did, I felt like it? there was something going on for him, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I ruined it because I some guy barges in with popcorn, and all of a sudden it's a different situation. Well, you, you know? got to do what you got to do. With you. It's still your show. So much social to learn, uh, dear Low Tide. As a responsible adult, please, it's your responsibility to keep rap crap garbage off this station. Well, for you know, because I'm an older person, the the thought process is, oh, well, he'll hate it. I actually don't hate rap. I don't I don't listen to a lot of it, but some of the stuff that I've heard is really good. There's a, I think my my all time favorite song, um, and I'll tell you why it is because you'll you, otherwise you won't understand. In uh, the late '90s, um, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, was killed. And Diddy did a song called I'll Be Missing You. And it sampled Every Breath You Take, which is a police song. None of those things is the reason I love that song so much. The reason I love the song so much is a woman named Faith Evans. Faith Evans, in the middle of the rap, she comes in and she just breaks your heart with her voice. I I don't know a thing about Faith Evans, but I know her name. And that song, the way, if you're listening to the song, you understand what the song is, and the way she comes in and sings it, it would basically make you weep. Am I wrong, Declan? No, you 100% hit the nail on the head. That's one of, that's one of the all-time classic rap songs, as oh, far as I'm Oh, my God. Concerned. The first time I heard that, I, was, I, I remember I was in a car... And I just was overwhelmed. It was such an emotional voice that she had. Well, she was she was the notorious B.I.G. She was his wife. Oh, I didn't know yes, that. She was oh, well, his that's wife. Even so, more. Yeah. I, you know, I just knew that that her voice is in that song. Go listen to the song. I'll be missing you, and you you just you you won't be able to to. It, it, it's just a spine tingling vocal. Um, it's like Mary Clayton, only at a different you know <laughs> different level. It's really really good. So I I don't I don't reject any kind of music, you know, completely. There's stuff that I don't listen to, and I do. I wish some of the love songs were a little more, you know, tender, if that's the word. But that's my generation, you know. I mean, I don't know what's going on out there, you know. I know there's a lot of songs that aren't what I would consider to be snuggle worthy, but that's me. Maybe you could. Do you snuggle to rap? I wouldn't say I snuggle to rap. You slow dance to rap. I wouldn't say I slow dance to rap. So either. this is more of an individual musical experience. Yeah, I would say I vibe out. I think that's the best way to describe it. Because like I I love listening to Powderfinger by Neil Young, but I would slow dance to Harvest Moon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Not 100%. every song is made for Amore. No, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that there. You just never know how things are going to go, but... You know, wanted to get that. Either of the Felino brothers would be perfect for the Oilers. Well, I, the listen, 
Ken Holland might be after the Plager brothers. You don't know. He, he, there's nobody in the guide and record book that is off limits to Kenny Holland. There's a there's a video uh, th- that's out right now from like 1934, and the Rangers uh, or Ching Johnson is playing. He might be coming in. You never know. Good afternoon, Al. The Oilers had three scouts, including uh, Jeff Saleko, uh, Oilers goaltending scout, at the Bruins Blue Jackets game on Monday. Thoughts on Spencer Martin? Well, he's done well. He played for the Canucks, and the Oilers would have seen him. Um, yeah, I mean, the Oilers, uh, they have to make a move. I've suggested Vladar. Martin is a lower-cost version of that. And when I say Vladar, I mean the Vladar family, somebody making $2.2 million or less that is acquirable and that can be acquired for the second-round pick next spring. And I would say if you could get Tanev and Vladar and figure out the money, you'd trade the something like Campbell and the first and the second. I don't think Calgary would do that, but you get the idea. Low Tide needs some riffraff in his life. I don't know what that reference is, but I thought I had Declan. Does riffraff mean uh, people of ill repute? Is that is that what that means? Well, I don't know if this is what our texter was referencing, but riffraff is a rapper. Mm. He's pretty horrible. He's pretty horrible, but he, he well, is a rapper. Does he write love songs? I don't think you could call what he writes love songs. I don't know if, no, if he's released any music in the past however many years. He was kind of big in like 2013, 2012. Again, I don't know if this is what we're referencing. but Who's that guy who did Rock and Roll McDonald's? Ah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm pretty useless today. My goodness. Well, no, you're not useless. We're talking about the obscurest. This is like me talking about Graham Parker and the rumor. This is an obscure conversation we're having. It's okay. You know, at the beginning, I was getting your references pretty well and good. I was firing it back to you, and now I've fallen off the ship a little bit. And I'm, I'm feel, I gotta, like, I listen. I gotta do some soul searching. I said, I've said to the text line, I've had to do it about my prediction for the game last night. Now I need to do it about your references as well. Well, I just, I don't want this show to be known as like the rap is crap group. I don't believe that, and neither does my friend Declan. Well, I'll stand tall on the mountain, waving the flag. For the sure, rap category, you bet. So. And I will be right beside you, singing "I'll Be Missing You," and waiting for that wonderful female voice. Cowboy Junkies cover of Potterfingers is better than the original. Not so, but it is really good. Low Tide, you're bang on with Fave Evans' P. Diddy song. I'm not a huge rap fan, but damn, that song got me too. And that comes from Gruff. It is like, if you've never heard it, just listen to it. And, and be prepared to be emotional. Her voice, I didn't know, I honest to God didn't know. I, maybe somebody told me and I'd forgotten it, but I didn't know that that was his wife. Holy man, that is a song. I know they've been riding Skinner hard, so I guess to see what they have. But Picard is the better goalie. He's better, sees through screens better, rebound control better. His glove hand is better. Why aren't these guys playing Picard or at least giving him a few games? Paul, the chemical guy. The <clears throat> NHL coaches are risk-averse. They're trying to win. They, they Look, I will tell you, and I, I, don't, I don't express it, but I am sitting on a mountain of fury right now about the fact that Philip Broberg and Raphael Lavoie aren't playing and that Xavier Bargo is getting the checking line in Bakersfield. This is bass backwards. This is what, what it looks like is the scouts are drafting guys that the, the pro coaching staff and the management group doesn't like. You know, you draft Raphael Lavoie and then you don't like him. And it, it's... 
it reminds me of when McT was the coach, and and I, I swear to you, this happened every year, every year in the just before the training camp would come. John Short or Bob Stoffer or Jason Greger would have Kevin Lowe on, and they'd talk about training camp, and the host would say, "Why, well, any young players that you think are going to really make the team this year or have a better chance to make the team than they did a year ago?" And every year, Kevin Lowe would say, "You know, I." I Jason Chimera can't miss now. He, you know, he was he was a bit of a shy scorer, and then he developed a lot of offense in the AHL last year. He's so fast. We like him a lot. There's no way this guy misses. And every year, Craig McTavish would send him back to the minor leagues. Every damn year. And he finally made it. And, he, you know, he started scoring a little bit, looked like he was a player, and they traded him away. And that's what happened. And it that's what the Oilers are right now. Now, Shamara played 1,000 games or 1,100 or something like that. It didn't affect him at all. But the Oilers could have used that guy. They traded him for Jeff Pakovich and a load of hay. And that's the way the world went back then because you on to the next. But this is important in the cap era. And Ryan McLeod is making $2.1 million now. And Evan Bouchard's making a whole hell of a lot of money now. So you need these guys to... You need Lavoie. You need Broberg because they're your replacements. Have you seen the movie The Replacements? Yeah. Okay. So you need replacements. I'm getting excited. So you need replacements. The replacements are Broberg and they're Lavoie. And maybe they're Borgo later. I will give the organization credit. It looks like James Hamlin is one, too. I did not see that coming. Okay. Oh, by the way, did people are after you about your prediction yesterday? Yes. You want yes. to comment on that at all? Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Listen, it's, I was I'm wrong happy too. I, was I said wrong. they would lose in overtime, and they lost. They won in the shootout. I'm happy I was wrong. Obviously, I'm I'm yeah. very happy we got the win over a team who I think is thought by a lot of people to be the class of, of the Pacific, or had thought to be the class of the Pacific. But no, listen, I'm happy I'm wrong. I'm happy to eat it. But I genuinely thought they were going to lose. Yeah. I said it, and uh, here we are. So no, I'm okay. Yeah. So Margot Kim and Timmons sings in key. This is hurtful to Neil Young. Uh, this is a Neil Young friend zone. Um, I love all of his music, and so I cannot abide this. I love the Cowboy Junkies version. Powderfinger is better by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. I cannot abide this anti-Neil Young flavor up to this particular hour as it ends. Okay. Bruce McCurdy on the way. I'm going to ask him some questions, and he's going to have some answers about the orders. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, light night in the NHL, just three games on the schedule, the Canadians and Blue Jackets, Red Wings and Rangers, and Capitals at the Kings. In NHL news, Corey Perry, who was waived yesterday for the purpose of having his contract terminated, will have 60 days from when the contract is terminated to file a grievance against the Chicago Blackhawks should he elect to do so. Seven games in the NBA tonight, including the Toronto Raptors at home against the Phoenix Suns. Tip off for that one. 5.30. In other NBA news, police in Newport Beach, California are attempting to determine whether Oklahoma City Thunder guard Josh Giddy committed a crime in their jurisdiction regarding allegations that he had improper relations with a minor. 
NFL news, former Pro Bowl wide receiver Deshaun Jackson is retiring as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles and will be an honorary captain for Sunday's game against the 49ers at Lincoln Financial Field. New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers has been cleared today to return to practice exactly 11 weeks after surgery to repair a torn Achilles. And finally, just one game in the AJHL sees Brooks in Calgary at 7, and as always, you can watch that one on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.